Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to the Life, Death, and Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. I know it seems like a strange combination, but that gives me a unique view of life and death. Death can be scary. I get that. That's why I'm doing this. I want to help people explore life, death, and what it all means. We are born and we die. What we do in the middle is the space between. After decades as a physician and teacher at Harvard Medical School and elsewhere, renowned academic neurosurgeon Dr. Evan Alexander thought he knew how the brain, mind, and consciousness worked. A transcendental near-death experience, NDE as they're called, during a week-long coma from an inexplicable brain infection changed all of that completely. Memories of his life had been completely deleted, yet he awoke with memories of a fantastic odyssey deep into another realm, more real than this earthly one. Since his 2008 NDE, he has been reconciling his rich spiritual experience with contemporary physics and cosmology. We are consciousness in spite of our brain. By probing deeply into our own consciousness, we transcend the limits of the human brain and of the physical material realm. His story offers a crucial key to the understanding of reality and human consciousness. A pioneering scientist and thought leader in consciousness studies, Dr. Alexander has been a guest on Dr. Oz, Oprah, and many other media programs. His most recent book, Living in a Mindful Universe, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Heart of Consciousness, co-authored with Karen Newell, has garnered accolades from many scientists around the world who study the mind-body question and the nature of consciousness. His earlier books, Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife, and The Map of Heaven, How Science, Religion, and Ordinary People Are Proving the Afterlife, have collectively spent more than two years atop the New York Times and international bestseller list. It is my honor to welcome Dr. Eben Alexander to my show today. I am so humbled and excited to welcome you to the show today. I read Proof of Heaven when it first came out. I recommended it to every single one of my friends. I'm excited to read your new book, Living in a Mindful Universe, hopefully when I have some time over the holiday break. Part of my work in exploring issues related to spirituality or idealism, as you talk about it, is to really break things down for listeners so Uh they can begin to understand and change how they live here and now. Uh So... Today's topic is one I'm really excited about, and I know you have experience with, and I don't fully understand, which is the concept of a life review. So can you explain this concept? Yeah, I think the life review is a a fascinating aspect of near-death experiences that really has tremendous lessons for us all. Uh, We've heard that phrase, your life flashing before your eyes. Well, the life review is not some new age concept. It's been around a long, long time, at least back 2,400 years to the time of Plato. He wrote about the Armenian soldier Ur killed in battle, who uh, basically, he was put up on a funeral pyre before they lit it up. He came back to life. And he was shocked because he had gone through a life review and he said, when you die, you go through a review of the most pertinent features of your life still to harbor lessons um, and 
uh, must learn from those. Uh, it's an extraordinary example because when you when you talk to modern near death experiencers, and uh, you know, Karen and I meet uh, hundreds of these people uh, in our travels, uh, and they communicate with us all the time. And the key is that the life review usually involves a setting where you experience things on behalf of those around you affected by your actions and thoughts. So the interesting point uh, for your listeners is you don't experience your life review as yourself. You experience it as those who were affected by your thoughts and actions. And that's what's so astonishing. Wow. So it basically shows you that the sense of self is one that is built in to support kind of a drama or, you know, a fiction, a, a kind of an illusory uh, aspect, although I, I, I hesitate to use the word illusion because these lives here in this realm are the reason the whole universe exists. This is not some chaotic flotsam that has no meaning. This world of ours that we live in is very important. Uh, and, and that's where I think the life of you is so crucial because it basically shows us that the, the golden rule, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated is built into the very fabric of the universe. In fact, I've often thought that our concepts of hell come from life reviews where people had been so busy handing out pain and suffering to others that when they experienced the brunt of that in their life review, it was not something they liked. And of course, that's why life review is so important. It serves as a course correction to help to show us that we need to treat others with kindness and, and compassion. And likewise, start with ourselves. Uh, but the life review, I think, is uh, absolutely essential. It's a part of, of most near-death experiences, uh, and it is an extraordinary teacher. So when this is our soul then experiencing that life review, right? So if you have a near-death, if, if you die and you don't come back right away, right? On, I mean, you came back from your near-death experiences, uh -huh. near-death experience, which is why you can talk about this in this way. Right. But when you don't come back, how do you, how does your soul then work through the pain and suffering you've, you've brought on to others? Well, because the other key ingredient here is to realize that reincarnation is absolutely essential. You cannot understand any of this if you buy into the traditional uh, kind of Christian religious teaching of one life and eternal uh, heaven or hell, uh, because that doesn't make sense. That's not the way it works. Uh, we're on a process of ascendance towards that oneness with the divine, but it occurs over multiple lifetimes. Uh, there's the whole world of transpersonal psychology that has mm -hmm. emerged in the last few decades through the work of Stan Groff and Michael Newton and Brian Weiss and other brilliant uh, investigators of the human psyche um, who realize that the best way to make sense of our lives and the events in our lives, the challenges, the injuries, the illness, the hardships, is to realize that we've been here before. So in other words, that life review is all done in... It, First of all, reuniting with our higher soul, with a part of us that's not so strapped down to the ego and its desires, but also reuniting with our soul group, with this, uh, the loved ones who have left the physical plane. And all of that is done in the setting of that life review so that the next incarnations and the stepping stones for that incarnation can be laid out. So in other words, we live these lives with our higher souls and soul groups kind of constructing a set of, of potential challenges and hardships to help in our growth 
Uh, and of course, those hardships are what we have to deal with in life. But our free will is, you know, how we choose to deal with those hardships. And can we manifest choices out of love and compassion and kindness for self and others? Or do we choose to make other choices in our actions? Um, and so that's where I think the life review is so crucial. It's a course correction that occurs uh, in that process of evolution of any given soul uh, towards that oneness with the divine. So how do, how did you experience your life review? What did that look like for you? Well, it's interesting to point out what I saw because so crucial for your uh, listeners to understand is there was one atypical feature of my near-death experience, as much as when you use the Grayson scale, which is a common scale of measuring near-death experiences, mine has extraordinary features that are at the top 2% or so of all NDEs, so it's definitely a very profound NDE, but one of the unusual features of mine was amnesia, that I had no memories, I had no words or language, no memories of earth or having been a human being, having been Evan Alexander, none of my religious beliefs, none of my scientific knowledge, every bit of that had to be deleted. So I saw life reviews in a very grand and generic sense, not a life review that involved Evan Alexander, because there were other deeper lessons in my journey that necessitated uh, that particular scenario. And that, that reality took me more than a year to actually kind of uncover and figure out. Um, but uh, life reviews are something I saw in, 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 in beautiful, grand sense. I remember the visual images. One was of this uh, rich interwoven tapestry where I saw all of the threads of our lives interwoven in this beautiful tapestry that showed clearly that we come back again and again in the process of ascendance towards oneness with the divine. The other image that was very strong in my journey showing me life reviews was a flying fish. Uh, and I remember seeing these schools of flying fish fish going in and out of the water and of course out of the water was that time between lives when the higher souls are going through life reviews and then planning for the next set of, uh, of hard, hardships, difficulties, challenges, and stepping stones in the next life, uh, and all that kind of thing. But never in my particular NDE was it associated with Eben Alexander's life review. These are things we discuss in detail in our newest book, Living in a Mindful Universe. But those major factors of my journey uh, made it that I could not have an Eben Alexander life review on my particular journey, even though I saw in broad strokes uh, the bigger scale of life reviews for all sentient beings uh, coming into this world as part of this uh, growth of soul school. When you experience a life review and come back from it, how does it change the way you're currently living? Well, I think what it does is that when you talk to hundreds or thousands of near-death experiencers, what you find is that uh, the life review, especially bundled with some of the other features of a major near-death experience, uh, bathing in that ocean of pure, unconditional love and comfort uh, that the vast majority of near-death experiences report. Um, every bit of that uh, lets you come back to this world realizing there's nothing to fear about death, and on the other hand, pay big attention this is all about love. And it's amazing that so many people in this world would say, well, yes, of course, love is very important. Love is the, the purpose of life and what have you. And yet, do we live our lives on this planet today as if love is the most important thing? I don't think so. But the good news, most people would accept at a deep level, uh, you know, loving self and loving others can bring great peace into your life. 
Uh, the reality is that we can bring tremendous peace and prosperity and harmony to this world, each by simply choosing uh, love, love of self and love of others. And the best way to manifest love of self is to serve as a conduit to allow that infinite healing power of love that so many who've had near-death experiences will uh, provide testament to, uh, and just bring that into this world. And, and you know, it's something we go into in detail and in living in a mindful universe about. People who want any kind of tools, I would say centering prayer, uh, deep meditation, and, of course, living in a mindful universe is all about using a very powerful tool for deep meditation. That's in the form of sacred acoustics. Um, Did mine this morning. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, – but anyway, it's, it's really all about uh, – coming to realize that the model that is presented to us in our modern culture from kind of scientific materialism of this false sense of separation, that the material is all that exists, that existence is birth to death and nothing more, all of that is a very depressing falsehood about reality. Uh, and it's one that has been perpetrated uh, by, by our kind of conventional materialist scientific circles without their admitting to you that materialist science says absolutely zero about the nature of consciousness. In fact, they have to even deny that consciousness even exists. And why do you think, why is that? Well, it's, I think it's because, you know, for 400 years, the scientific world has been, uh, you know, their ticket has been study the material world, study the physical world around us. So and what study what we can see. You will study the physical stuff. Uh, but, but what they're missing, and this is absolutely crucial, and we elaborate on it tremendously in Living in Mindful Universe, is that what humans experience is their perceptions. They experience the inside of their own mind, which is, uh, you know, a version of something out there, some information field that's out there. But what quantum physics has been struggling to tell us for more than 80 years is there is no objective physical world independent of the observer. So in other words, right. uh, the measure, uh, measurement paradox in all of quantum physics experiments uh, have been just proving to us that mind is fundamental. Uh, in other words, the philosophical position of idealism, which acknowledges that the universe is fundamentally mental, that all the real causality involved in the events of human lives occurs in a mental realm, a top-down realm of governing of, of uh, the events in our lives that is not what I had thought before my coma, as conventional science tries to present it, this bottom-up causation um, that uh, you know starts with the principles governing subatomic particles, atoms, and molecules, and then just extrapolates that those same laws determine the events of human lives. That's not the way it works. That's why life reviews are important. That's why understanding the crucial role of soul and our soul coming back again and again uh, into these incarnations is absolutely critical. It's not the simplistic, nonsensical, uh, little chaotic, meaningless uh, uh, circus that uh, conventional science tries to convince us of, but something much deeper and richer. And it's important for all human beings to pay attention because we are responsible for our choices. Uh, we so is, what we sow. So is the reason that we experience the life review from the perspective of the person who we've harmed because that's the only way we can truly feel the 
pain and suffering we've caused someone else. Well, and I'll point out, we also feel the bliss and joy that we've handed out to others. So the Life Review is kind of a broad uh, assessment of all the activities of your life, uh, you know, good, bad, and everything in between, all to serve as a course corrective. Uh, you can almost say that the life review is from a neutral perspective, but given that most of us would rather not be treated poorly, uh, we can experience it as, oh my gosh, this is frightening that I could treat somebody like that, hurt somebody like that, and it feels like that. Uh, so we get it back, and that's what I'm saying. We reap what we sow. It's about these deep emotional truths of our existence. Uh, and, and the most fundamental lesson that humans have been challenged to learn over the last few thousand years is really of love, of loving self and others, and of treating each other accordingly. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I think we're in this uh, soul school. That's why uh, this incredible journey of, of consciousness and the evolution of consciousness is making itself so apparent and kind of forcing the simplistic falsehoods of materialist science away because they are false. When it comes to understanding human lives and consciousness, we need a much bigger theater of operations and understanding. Well, and I think what's hard for people to wrap their minds around is this notion of when you're in a human body and a human mind, what that looks like when you're a soul, right? Like I often find people want to understand it based on the constrictions of their mind and what you're saying is it's so much bigger than that. Like, Well, it's quite a bit bigger. And that's why, like when Karen and I do our meditation play shops, uh, we help people develop that sense of that inner observer, that awareness that exists. That's the part that modern science, quantum physics, the measurement paradox, uh, what's called the hard problem of consciousness and neuroscience, all of this is just pointing out that you cannot explain the workings of mind and of human experience solely on the basis of the physiology of the human brain. It does not work, I promise you. Uh, and this is something that, again, we elaborate the scientific points extensively in living in a mindful universe. I would also encourage uh, your listeners to partake of a free 33-day email course on ebenalexander.com that uh, introduces a lot of the major concepts of that book and includes four uh, 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 sacred acoustics files to use for uh, a deep uh, uh, differential sound journey exploration of consciousness, mm -hmm. things like that. So I'd encourage your uh, listeners to want, who want to learn more about this, not having to pay out one penny, they can go to evanalexander.com, get on that 33-day email course, and learn a lot more about where this is going and why it's important and how the whole scientific world is changing to acknowledge that we're spiritual beings in a spiritual universe. So one more question before we wrap up, and I just want to put in my own personal plug, and I know I'm going to be talking with Karen as well, put, having her on a podcast, but uh -huh. I, I've been doing, I took your, your course uh, a couple of weeks ago at Infinity Foundation, but also had started doing some of the sound meditations before then, because I was just curious. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and one of the things I find is just the expansiveness of consciousness and how right. <laughs> you feel so outside of your own body and your own, I mean, this, whole, this universe, that it's amazing that 
today, this morning when I was in the meditation, I was thinking, I don't want it to stop. I don't want, uh-huh. I don't want, I to, have to, I don't want to have to, you know, get my kids to school and hear the ruckus. It's just like this inner peace and expansion. You're right. It's, it's really beautiful. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud to tell people I use sacred acoustics an hour or two a day. I've been doing that the last eight years plus. Uh, I can't imagine life without such an extraordinary tool for exploring consciousness. Uh, you know, you really have to wonder uh, how in the world can something as simple as sound be so powerful? Uh, and we explain all that in Living in a Mindful Universe, but in a nutshell, it's because these sounds are affecting a circuit in your lower brainstem that evolved more than 300 million years ago. And by going after such an ancient circuit, it has far more profound effects than most of the sounds we hear uh, that are processed in our acoustic neocortex, which all evolved just in the last uh, few million years. So it's really because we're going way back in evolutionary neurobiology in terms of what we're addressing using sacred acoustics type of sounds that we're getting such a profound effect. So a little bit of a more personal question. After you had this experience, obviously you were a scientist. How did your fellow colleagues respond to this experience? Did you find that some people were really open to it and others completely shut down? Because I know I work, I have a lot of physicians that refer patients to me, some of whom I've shared some of this journey with, some of whom I've not, because my concern has always been about credibility and making sure that people trust me in the material realm. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously there's a lot of skeptics out there who don't, don't believe in any of this. Well, there are a lot of skeptics, but the good news is, and this was a thing that was a, a, a amazing surprise to me after my coma uh, in the first few years out, was I came to realize that by far all of the leading kind of A-team uh, investigators, scientific investigators of consciousness and the mind-brain relationship in this world uh, realize that the materialist model is dead and died a long time ago. They don't even pay any attention to the physicalist or materialist model of brain creates consciousness because they know it's not true. So there's a tremendous scientific effort going on now to study all these major kind of aspects of non-local consciousness, things like telepathy, remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, uh, precognition. Astral. Uh, things like that. And also, of course, past life memories in children, indicative of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole host of of major uh, phenomena that occur for human beings that prove the falsehood of materialist science. And I didn't realize that uh, there was so much science backing all this up. I mean, most of the uh, big hitter scientific community that know anything about consciousness are on page with exactly where I'm going in Proof of Heaven and in where Karen and I go in Living in a Mindful Universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the direction of the future. Uh, There are still some holdouts, um, uh, you know, materialist scientists who are just uh, hopelessly clueless about this. They don't realize that materialist science has never gone anywhere in explaining anything about how the brain could produce consciousness because it does not. Uh, the brain is a reducing valve or filter that allows primordial consciousness in. And that's where a lot of the big scientific investigators are going today. But the important thing for your listeners is the real implication is that we're all sharing one mind. 
Uh, that's what those life reviews show us, that those boundaries itself are kind of a falsehood. They're built in to support the drama. But in a deeper reality, we're all in this together. The and one mind hurt. is having this beautiful dream, and we're like facets on a diamond. And when we hurt someone else, we're hurting ourselves. Exactly. That's a beautiful way to put it. And that, that's why the golden rule is written into the fabric of the universe, why we need to change the way we treat ourselves and each other and really bring love into the equation here on this world. And very quickly, we could make this a far more uh, peaceful and harmonious planet for all. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? Yes, it would. <laughs> well, that is a perfect place to stop today. And, you know, like I said before we started, I've got about a million more topics that I would love to discuss with you. But I'm so grateful for your knowledge, your wisdom, your teachings, and what you're bringing to this world because I well, think it's just so needed. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, the good news is there are a lot of people around this world who are waking up and realizing this deep truth and working together to bring much more peace and harmony in this world. I'm very optimistic about where it's headed in spite of all the crazy headlines and the political nonsense we've got going on in our country. Uh, there really are a lot of heartfelt people who are uh, kind of helping to bring, uh, bring the angels into this world you yeah. know, for all of us to bring uh, love and peace and harmony and understanding and compassion and kindness for others. And uh, we can't have enough of those ingredients. And they do have the power to completely change the world. Well, and if people want to know more about you, they can go to your website. Yeah, they should go to Eben, that's E-B is in Baker, E-N, Alexander.com. And again, I encourage everyone to invite your friends, get on that 33-day uh, email course at EbenAlexander.com. And to learn more about uh, the meditation and very powerful tools uh, for getting into deep states of transcendental conscious awareness, I would send people to SacredAcoustics.com. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Great talking with you. And hopefully we'll do it again sometime. We will. Thank you. All right. All right thanks. Bye-bye. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have, let me know what else you'd love to hear about, or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.